Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace of Mother Earth. Listen to your community spirit every Friday morning from 10 to 10.30. You are listening to your community spirit, the show about caring sharing and preparing <laughs> for the changes needed in the world as we know it. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are here to bring you hopefully an exciting and informative half hour of your community spirit. All the happenings well, have people sent us happenings this week? Uh hopefully. <laughs> They've sent us a little bit. All right. I got a couple happenings here. Today, the Women's Center is partnering with the director of the Surplus Gallery at Southern Illinois University to celebrate the Women's Center's 35th anniversary. The gallery space is hosting the the Art for Empowerment program, Silent Art Auction, and the Clothesline Project. The exhibit actually opened on Monday and will remain on display from 3 to 8 p.m. until the closing reception from 5 to 9 p.m. Today. Yes. Today is Art from the Start. The Women's Center celebrates the 35th anniversary, and that is at the Surplus Gallery, or some people call it, what do you call it, the Glove Factory, right? Yes. Same place, right? Yeah, so that's good, because the Women's Center does really good work, and the art is bound to be good as well. <clears throat> so, yes, we've got other happenings, too. Uh, we mentioned this last week. The Farmer's Market here in Carbondale is open through the end of November. A lot of people see it get a little chilly out, and they think, oh, maybe the Farmer's Market closed. But, no, it's still open till the end of November. And that's on the west side of town, uh, just just past the uh, Murdale Shopping Center. And tomorrow should be a really, really, really nice day. Yes. <laughs> Unseasonably warm, we might say. <laughs> <laughs> Surely that. nothing to do with global climate change. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know it gets this way sometimes anyway in, in the fall. I'm just saying, you know, keep it in the back of your mind. Okay, so other happenings. A uh, presentation by 1992... Nobel Peace Laureate, Rigoberta Menchu, Tum. Uh, let's see. Peace Jam, MUP Studies, and the MSA GPC Speaker Series are bringing Rigoberta Menchu, Tum, the 1992 Peace Laureate from Guatemala, to Colombia to speak uh, at the MU on Friday, November 9th at 7.30 p.m. And that's in Columbia, Missouri at the Missouri University. So Yes. But... um. Rigoberto Manchi Tom um, has had a pretty profound influence on my life. I mean, she started 
some really, well, coming from where she came from and yet going on to win the Nobel Peace Prize, it just almost flabbergasted me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. so I know a lot of people around here go to Missouri for music and stuff, so if you want to go to have a Nobel Peace Laureate rock your world, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're coming to Columbia on... Uh, today. Today. That is today, isn't it? Yeah, so get wow. on your cruise mobile and get going. You've got but. till 7.30 p.m. to get there. So for more information, you can contact Scott Mania at 573-592-1633. Otherwise, tomorrow, pause, Pets Are Worth Saving is having an auction and dinner at 5 p.m. on Saturday at the Great Boards of Fire Lodge in Anna. Dinner is served until uh, till 7 p.m. Um, an oral auction at 7.30 p.m. I think that's guy going to go up, 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 $5, $5, $6, $6. you give me five, you five, you got ten, you got ten. And then they'll also have a silent auction, raffles, and merchandise for sale. You can contact 833-3647. Or go to the Great Boards of Fire tomorrow, 5 p.m., for the pause, Pets Are Worth Saving Auction and Dinner. Yes, and in other happenings, the Habitat for Humanity Spring Rakeathon. That's coming up uh, tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. People will meet at the parking circle at the SIU Student Center at 9 a.m. Volunteers will be raking leaves for donations to support the SIUC chapter of Habitat for Humanity. In case you didn't notice, today is Friday, November 9th, the 313th day of 2007. There are only 52 days left of the year. And I hope you're prepared for Buy Nothing Day. That's coming up. Oh, yes, coming up soon. Yeah, the day after Thanksgiving. Let's see. In this day in 1938, Nazis looted and burned synagogues as well as Jewish-owned stores and houses in Germany and Austria. In 1989, Communist Germany threw open its borders, allowing citizens to travel freely to the West. Joyous Germans danced upon the Berlin Wall. <laughs> yes, I remember that. I mean, I wasn't actually there, but, you know, <laughs> I remember seeing it on TV. TV, the wondrous medium that is. Yes. So, we're speaking about Thanksgiving. Yes. Next week, I wish we, I had been keeping track of how many years this has been going on. Yeah, I don't think anyone has kept track, but yeah, it's, it's been like going a long time. At least the 15th <laughs> annual. Yeah. The, okay, the vegetarian Thanksgiving. Hello, everyone. It's that time of year again. The year, the time to give Thanksgiving. Well, you should give thanks all the time. But for some reason, we have designated a period of time in the year specifically to give thanks for what is happening to our lives. Yes, I think every day is Thanksgiving, but then we have one day that's even more Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time to rejoice and give thanks for all we have, vegetarian style. This year, the Student Environmental Center and the University Christian Ministries are teaming up with the Neighborhood Co-op, the Town Square Market, and local farmers to produce a to produce a bounty of locally grown vegetarian delights. Next Thursday, November 15th, 
The vegetarian Thanksgiving dinner will be at 5 from 5.30 to 7 p.m. There is a suggested donation, but the man at the door tends to get people to give more than <laughs> the donation to cover the people who can't afford to give any donation. Yes. <laughs> but some people come with just, you know, a handful of quarters because that's what they can afford. But, no. regardless, next week, vegetarian Thanksgiving dinner, 5.30 to 7. And the most important part, where is it? <laughs> yes, it's at the Interfaith Center. It's, it's at the Interfaith. 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. So it's always a good time. I know I'll be there. And hopefully we'll see you there. And if you would like your happenings to get on this happening show, this is your community spirit. Yes. <laughs> please email me, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Or you can email me at treesong at treesong.org. I hope you can remember that. Yes. Hopefully easy to remember. <laughs> and I've actually got, uh, I've also got two happenings I wanted to mention. Go ahead. Uh, one is on the list here. It's the uh, uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m., at the Interfaith Center, the Socialist Party USA is hosting a formational meeting for anyone interested in building a socialist organization in Southern Illinois. Now, that's interesting because the first candidate that I voted for uh, for president was Socialist Party USA. <laughs> so I thought I'd mention that. Since then, I voted for uh, since then I voted for a Green Party candidate. I voted for someone who wasn't running but was an anarchist who I liked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I truly wish that you didn't have to vote a party. Yeah. You know how they have the straight party tickets? Because <clears throat> I truly vote the person. And now I can understand in the primaries where you have to narrow it down to like one person. But I don't even think you should have that. I don't think you should have a primary and then a main election. I think you should just have one main election and whoever wins the most votes gets to be the person. Mm-hmm. Why well, have two elections? But <laughs> I also think you should have a thing on the ballot that says none of the above. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it's nice to have a write-in candidate, but it's also nice to have a place where you can just check none of the above. <laughs> then nobody could complain about anybody. Yeah. Because everybody would have a chance to vote. If you don't like the people who are running, check none of the above. <laughs> yeah. So... That'd be good. So, yeah, the other happening I wanted to mention is birthdays. Uh, my mother just had her birthday yesterday. Hey, uh, are you supposed to tell people that? <laughs> yes, well, I think as long as, you know, you're not supposed to mention people's ages sometimes. but Sometimes. <laughs> but uh, she just had her birthday, and two of my friends have birthdays close to each other. My friend Steve and my friend Courtney both have birthdays coming up in the next few days. So, happy birthday to lots of people. Now, I want to read this again. I read it last week, but why I like living in the country. Uh, Oh, yes. As I head towards town this crisp, frosted fall morning, the myriad of colors from all the trees jump out as the rays of the rising sun thaw and spotlight here, a red of a maple or sumac, here the yellow of oaks, here the green of pine. Hear the white of a rose, yeah. Hear the rolling morning white out of fog. It never ceases to amaze me how the world looks great first thing in the morning through rose-colored glasses with blue blocker. 
I shiver, maybe from the morning cold, but mostly from the great joy and happiness from living in the country. <laughs> I wrote that driving to town one day last week. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. It was hard to write while I was driving. <laughs> I wrote it in my mind first and then wrote it on a piece of paper. Yeah, well, that's part of what I like living in southern Illinois, too. You know, I don't live as much out in the country as you do. You know, I live between two branches of 51. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I live close enough that I get some of that same feel sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a writer, but nature inspired me to write that. So. <laughs> yes, nature is writing through you. Now, I have a product. This is called, I don't know how to pronounce it for sure. It's Z, as in zebra, O-N, B as in boy, U. Zanbu? Yeah, I'm going to say Zanbu. Zanvu is the first environmentally responsible <laughs> computer without the hassle and high price. Literally, this computer costs $99. Huh. Okay? But you do have to pay um, internet fee. Yeah. $12.95 a month. Basically, the majority of your files are stored online. And so the computer itself uses very little energy. It actually uses a third of a light bulb's worth of energy. It literally uses next to no energy because it's all online. Free software updates, transparent up backups, remote file access, unlimited internet support, connect to the net. Do pretty much all the stuff you do if you're just spend most of your time online. If you're not doing a lot of data crunching or a lot of digital f file sharing, etc. So, this is truly the first green computer. The first desktop computer with nearly an invisible environmental f footprint. As attractive as possible. Mm -hmm. At just over 2 pounds, Zonbo's device consumes... At least four times fewer chemicals and fossil fuels during manufacturing than conventional desktop computers. And then, of course, there's the energy efficiency. It consumes only about one-third of the energy used by a typical light bulb and yet has plenty of power for all your bright ideas. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So it's zonboo.com. I, tr you know, I live off-grid, and so I truly I, I plan to get one of these very soon. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into it. I feel, you know, funny because I'm a computer geek and I haven't heard about this yet. But I'm going to look See? it up. See? Well, I've been studying energy-efficient computers. Yeah. And I've been watching this company for a long time. And they're finally getting a product that, um, I mean, essentially, you you have to pay so much a month to have you know, the computer. But basically what you're doing is paying for Internet access and online data storage mm -hmm. so the computer itself is just a web surfer yeah and you store all your files your pictures your music all that online <laughs> and so that's where most of the energy on a computer is used is um hard drive yeah there is no hard drive huh. and it's still being stored somewhere but because you know it's it's sort of like you know efficiency because they'll store it on a server and a server will store a bunch Right, it's like riding on a train. You can put a th you know 500 people on a train, but if 500 people drove a cars, it would use a lot more energy. Yeah, exactly. So. All right.
Yes, so I think that's our happenings for the day. <laughs> We've got <laughs> some uh, some more. Ooh, how about uh, today's tip? <laughs> I like today's tip. Avoid pesticides in fruit and veggies. You know, that sounds like a good idea. I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think I want to eat pesticides in fruit or veggies. Over at Planet Green, they reported that the Environmental Working Group examined produce from the grocery store and made a list of them in order of toxicity. So uh, <clears throat> some of the most toxicity ones were uh, peaches, apples, sweet bell peppers, celery, nectarines, and strawberries. They topped the list of fruits to avoid because... If you don't get them organic, they'll have lots of pesticides. Essentially, if you notice, it's <laughs> mostly stuff that has a lot of water in them. Yeah. Because pesticides get in the water, and then the plant sucks the water in, and then it's stored in the veggie. Yeah. Or fruit. Also pretty pesticide high are cherries, lettuce, imported grapes, pears, spinach, and potatoes. So, uh, uh, oddly enough, at the bottom of the list are onions, avocados... Sweet corn, pineapple, mangoes, sweet peas, asparagus, kiwi, banana, and cabbage. All of which, you know, they will acquire some pesticides if you spray them on those, but uh, apparently they don't bioabsorb it as much. Exactly. Now, we're going to talk about some news here. I want to talk about a landmark act that got (laughs) signed and voted on yesterday by the Senate. The House voted on it in the beginning of the week. This is the first time since 1989 that a presidential veto has been reversed by an act of Congress. Mm -hmm. So again, both the Congress, or both the Senate and the House, has rescinded the first presidential veto since 1989. (laughs) That makes me happy just knowing they overturned uh, Bush's will. (laughs) (laughs) So, the veto was on the Water Resources Development Act. The Senate voted yesterday 77 to 14 to override, well, essentially, they're not voting to override the veto, but because they got more than two-thirds vote, (laughs) the veto becomes null. Yeah, you you just can't veto it. (laughs) Right. And of those 77 people who voted for him, 34 were Republicans. Yes. (laughs) So the Water Resources Development Act. Apparently they believe in water is good for you. Uh, Yeah. I I think most people need water. (laughs) Okay, so in other news, actually other legislative news. This rocks. U.S. House passes groundbreaking mining reform bill. Now We mentioned this on earlier shows, but here's the latest news. The U.S. House of Representatives has, in a fit of sanity, (laughs) voted to make mining companies pay royalties on minerals they dig up on public land. By a vote of 244 to 166, the House this week approved the Hard Rock Mining and Reclamation Act, which would reform a 135-year-old law that President Ulysses S. Grant signed to encourage development in the West. Unchanged since 1872, it lies allows mining corporations to buy land for as little as 250 an acre. The new legislation would also put environmental controls on mining and set up a cleaning fund. Mine state lawmakers got a tad dramatic, quote, this legislation hurts, perhaps even kills, the domestic mining industry, and with it the towns and communities in western Nevada and rural America. 
said Representative Dean Heller. After all, oil and gas companies have to pay similar royalties, and they're barely scraping by, aren't they? Ha ha. <laughs> the legislation is groundbreaking. Ah, little pun there, groundbreaking. But don't get too excited. The bill faces a tougher battle in the Senate, and the White House has threatened to veto. Uh, straight to the source, Reuters and Associated Press. Well, White House is threatening to veto, but that doesn't always work, does it? <laughs> Well, it has pretty much since 1989. Yeah, it almost always works, but <laughs> it's like there's a chance it won't. Yeah. You got to hope. Time warped. Did the extension of daylight savings time actually save energy? The idea was they moved it a week with the idea that <laughs> it would save energy. Did mo- people notice? Did you notice that they changed the daylight savings time a week? Um, did it affect your equilibrium, <laughs> your life? Anyway, most Americans' clocks fell back at 2 a.m. last Sunday, a week later than last year, thanks to legislation that passed through Congress in 2005. Now they implemented it in 2007. That's how slow Congress works sometimes. <laughs> the measure's backers argued that extending daylight saving time would save energy because with an extra hour of sunlight in the evening... Lights would be turned on later and more time would be spent in the out-of-doors instead of in front of a TV or other energy-sucking devices. I had to see TV and energy-sucking devices. It's a double thing because TV sucks um, electricity plus it sucks your energy, Yes, it sucks human energy. Yeah. But the statistics used to back that claim are dubious. There's been little research on the topic. Quote, the jury is still out on the potential national energy savings, says the spokesperson for the U.S. Energy Department. Straight to the source, the Wall Street Journal. Hmm. Yes, and in other news, I can't resist reading a climate-related story. (laughs) And it came to pass. America's Climate Security Act passes its first legislative hurdle. A climate bill that would require mandatory cuts to U.S. carbon emissions has passed its first legislative hurdle, successfully enduring a hearing of a congressional subcommittee. America's Climate <coughs> Excuse me. America's Climate Security Act made it through the Subcommittee on Private Sector and Consumer Solutions to Global Warming and Wildlife Protection. Or as we say around the office, the sub P S C S G W W P Yeah, it's quite a mouthful, isn't it? So it made it through that committee on a 4-3 vote. Senator Bernie Sanders, who tried to spice up the bill with more environmentally friendly provisions at the hearing, ultimately voted against its passage due to, among other things, its relatively weak targets for reducing emissions. Reductions of up to 19% below 2005 levels by 2020 and 63% cuts by 2050. But despite its weakness, some green groups talked up the bill's significance in hopes that as it navigates the legislative process, it'll get tougher on climate change and coddle polluting industries less than it does currently. Uh, The committee vote means the bill will soon be debated by the full Environment and Public Works Committee. Committee Chair Senator Barbara Boxer has said she will press for a vote before the end of the year. Straight to the source, Associated Press, and Reuters. It's kind of hard to ask politicians to regulate hot air. (laughs) Yeah, that's what their careers are built on. (laughs)
So, the tax of life. People are open to lifestyle changes, fuel taxes to address warming, says a poll. Four out of five people believe individuals must make personal lifestyle changes to address global warming. According to a BBC poll of 22,182 people, just a random number, 22,182 people, in 22 countries. Also of note, half of the poll respondents favored a higher tax on oil and coal, while 44% would prefer their dirty fuels remain dirt cheap. Although if all the other taxes were dropped, or if fossil fuel taxes were directed to increasing energy efficiency or clean power research and development, many more supported the idea. Basically, people support not subsidizing oil and coal. Yeah, imagine that. Wow. Make it compete on an open level marketplace with renewable energy. That would be crazy. <laughs> Concluded Doug Miller of GlobalScan, who conducted the survey, quote, This poll clearly shows that people are much more ready to endure their share of their burden than most politicians grant. Straight to the source, BBC News. Huh. So, and, yes. It's like, who would have thunk <laughs> that people actually think that oil and coal should not be subsidized and should compete on a level field? Yeah. <laughs> it's good to hear. And other or put taxes on, you know, put more taxes on it to promote research and development in renewables. Yeah. So people are actually paying attention. <laughs> well, just not the politicians. At least twenty-two thousand one hundred and eighty-two <laughs> people in twenty-two uh-huh. countries are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why they just picked the, just some yeah. odd number like that. I don't know. Maybe they tried to get as many as they could, and they just happened to end up with that many. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Or probably they just had a time period. Just call as many people in this time period yeah, and get them to respond. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, in other news, I'll read this one, and maybe we'll have time for something a little more cheerful. But this is Pay It Backward. Court ruling may save oil companies billions in royalties. Good, good news for big oil. A federal judge in Louisiana ruled last week that oil and gas companies that signed leases for deep water drilling in the Gulf of Mexico between 1996 and 2000 do not have to pay royalties to the federal government when the price of oil and gas go over a certain threshold. The oil company, Care McGee, sued the U.S. Interior Department after the agency tried to collect royalties for some production in 96, 97, and 2000. Care McGee argued that a 1995 bill exempted them from paying such royalties and that the Interior overstepped its authority when it ordered them to pay up. U.S. District Judge Patricia Minaldi agreed. Critics were quick to lambast the decision. Quote, This ruling and the lawsuit have the potential to set a dangerous precedent that could lead to American taxpayers losing up to $60 billion they are rightfully owed by big oil companies for the privilege of drilling on public land, said Representative Ed Markey. The Interior Department may appeal the ruling, and or work with Congress to amend the 1995 law. Straight to the source, Houston Chronicle, Reuters, The New York Times, and Oil and Gas Journal, (laughs) where we get most of our news. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it nice that the oil companies can make more profit? Yeah, it must be nice, you know. 
I'd like to go to the people who I owe money to and say, you know, I think it's unfair that you're charging me more money. You know, <laughs> I think you should not do it. And then the judge will say, okay. Yeah, well, you have to take it. To, all you have to do is hire a lawyer. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll do that. Hire a lawyer and go to oil country. Go to oil <laughs> country. So, good news. On Target, big box store Target will phase out PVC. I didn't know Target sold PVC. Uh, I guess they don't anymore. Big box store Target is right on the mark with plans to phase out the nasty plastic polyvinyl chloride. The store that we like to pronounce Tarze, I guess French, Tarze, <laughs> has announced that it will aim to detox the packaging of its table linen stock by spring and try to find PVC alternatives for all the toys by next fall. It also said that all of its own brands of children's lunch boxes and our utensils are already PVC-free. The reasons to avoid PVC, the ickiest of plastics and unfortunately one of the most common, are long. For one, the VC in PVC is vinyl chloride, a known carcinogen. For two, PVC is often made more flexible with phthalates. I think that's how you pronounce it which are linked to reproductive problems and may be banned in at least nine states. For three, vinyl products may contain lead, the recall reason du jour. Anti-PVC activist groups have been handing out flyers outside of Target stores for the past year, but a spokesperson says the PVC reduction efforts <coughs> predated the, picnic, the picketing. Uh, Straight to the <laughs> source, the Wall Street Journal. Isn't I just recently read that they have an allowable level of lead in fake teeth. <laughs> uh, you know those funny teeth that you put in your mouth for Halloween? Yeah. So you're chewing on teeth. But, um, no, no, no. They don't have, the FDA does not have an allowable level of lead in <laughs> them. They're just, I mean, it's something you put in your mouth, but they have never regulated it. Yeah. <laughs> they regulate candy. There's allowable level of lead in candy. <laughs> And apparently the fake teeth, they just recalled a whole bunch of them because it's got four times the level of lead as candy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, good. chew on those fake teeth. Yeah. So plastic in your mouth is not always good. No, I, almost never good. <laughs> so this has been another exciting and hopefully informative half hour of your community spirit. We'll see you again next week. Remember, Vegetarian Thanksgiving. Next Thursday, Interface Center, 5.30 to 7 p.m. Yep, it'll be fun and yummy. Yummy. <laughs>